2: It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today, we have our usual Friday grain market outlook on what happened this week in wheat and canola. Markets are little changed this week. There may be more border protests this weekend, and we talk with Canadian Federation of Agriculture Second Vice President Todd Lewis about the protests and snow cover. Real Agriculture talks about the National Farm Machinery Show in Kentucky. We hear about a shortage with labour in the meatpacking industry in Canada and a possible glyphosate shortage. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. But first, we have to give a mention here. We have just got this tweet from SAS Power. Crews have been dispatched and are determining the cause and repair time for an outage reported in parts of Regina. The power outage went out about 11.40 this morning, and it includes the General Hospital, Broders Annex, Assiniboia area, Lakeshore, U of R, Douglas Park, Glenelm Park, and Dudney Place. Once again, SAS Power is aware there's a power outage and is looking into it to restore electricity. Back in a moment. This is Saskatchewan
1: Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley.
2: This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your farm fresh water today at farmfreshwater.ca. There was little movement in the grain market this past week. PI Financial Commodity Futures advisor Adam Pacalo says canola was down $2 per metric tonne Well, spring wheat futures were unchanged for the week.
3: Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front, the May contract is now the more active month, even though the March is still trading, and that's what most people probably show on on their phone and maybe hear about still a bit. But most traders and grain companies I know of are using off the May now. So the May canola futures declined about $2 a ton here this week. Uh, As we're talking right now, we're just below that thousand to ton level. On the Minneapolis wheat front, the March contract is still again the front month. And on the week, we're actually pretty much unchanged, sitting at about 961 a bushel. So a few things to make note of this week. Traders, I would say, are definitely watching how the soy markets are, are reacting to the weather in South America. And we're seeing on the soybean oil side, the contract, the front month March, actually breaking to new highs. Palm oil has been very supportive, yet canola has actually been dragging a little bit here. So that's one thing that I am talking to clients about now is, you know, what strategies they can do to potentially protect themselves for next year's canola crop if they don't want to look at forward selling anything. So right now, again, that's something that producers might want to be thinking about. So what pushed
2: canola down $2 a ton and kept wheat from moving anywhere?
3: Well, again, looking at a canola chart here in the past really almost couple months, it's been fairly sideways and hasn't been making new highs we might see a rolling of contracts from the March to the May uh, once that expires. We've seen that for the last couple times, and that could then be a, maybe a little bit bullish for, for the canola contracts here that may nearby going forward in the next few weeks. But overall, again, the trend has been fairly sideways. On the Minneapolis wheat front and just the other two wheats, Chicago and Kansas, there are actually very big crops in in Europe, Russia, and Ukraine, and India. And if the conflicts between Russia and Ukraine do, I would say, ease at all, you know, we could see those markets have a bit of a cap on them. However, Again, if there is more conflict, which depending on on the views, that is a definite possibility, that could actually increase the demand for U.S. wheat if the Black Sea region exports are disrupted. So that's why I think we have seen a bit of a rally in some of the other wheats this week, and we'll see if that maybe continues next week.
2: So the outlook next week and beyond?
3: Well, next week, one thing to note Monday is a holiday in both Canada and the U.S., so all markets will be closed, and so it will be a tr- short trading week next week. Another thing to note for today, actually, it is option expiry for the march contract and so that's where on option expiry days there could be some volatility in that end of the day especially with it being a long weekend
2: adam picalo is a commodity futures advisor with pi financial
3: back to Saskatchewan
2: agriculture today with jim smalley on 620 ckrm This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solution for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca The Saskatchewan RCMP will increase police presence at the North Portal and Northgate border crossings this weekend. Demonstrations are expected to happen at the points of entry. The RCMP said they are committed to working with any involved parties to minimize the impact on the traveling public and ensure everyone involved is aware of the current legal boundaries of a peaceful and lawful protest. The second vice president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture, Todd Lewis, comments.
4: Well, I think we're, we're at a tipping point, it seems like, uh, you know, with uh, what's going on in Ottawa uh, last evening and today, and, and uh, you know, I think we're going to see some confrontations uh, you know, on the ground in Ottawa, and, and, and you know the RCMP and, and uh, local authorities are doing their due diligence to ensure that uh, that we don't see blockades at uh, at uh, border points really across the country. And uh, we've uh, heard of these kind of things right right across the country. And uh, certainly the the Northgate uh, crossing is an important one for Saskatchewan. And and uh, uh, you know, reiterate again, reiterate again that it's not about uh, about uh blocking protests or or uh or denying people the right to protest but it, it is about a, is ensuring that uh traffic's able to flow and, and remain remain flowing and i think with what happened at uh redway last week as a good template hopefully is uh we see the same kind of situation you know this weekend if something does happen down along the border at north portal and and the blockades are uh, difficult for anybody to deal with and and so you know hoping everyone remains safe and uh that if people choose to protest, that they're able to do so in a peaceful manner that doesn't block traffic. So I think that's what the majority of people are, are certainly looking for and, and hoping uh, that it all works out for the best for
2: everyone. Now on another topic, we've had another snowstorm this week. Your thoughts on snow cover for spring seeding. How does it look?
4: Well, I, you know, it's a area as big as Saskatchewan. It really is a, a tale of uh, the west side and the east side. I know myself, personally, I drove home from Calgary a week ago uh this past monday you know 10 days ago uh, well 11, 11 or 12 days ago now and and uh, really through uh, southern alberta and and all the way you know even up to maple creek and and uh past Swift current very limited snow cover lots of fields moving in in southern alberta around the and hat area i mean it was truly a dust storm uh, on that monday so it's very serious lack of moisture on the west side of the province and it's and then into Alberta. and, and But then as you uh, work your way east and, uh, you know, really get uh, east of Moose Jaw towards the Regina area, I would say we're on my own home farm. We're close to a, an average year, uh, maybe even, get you know, approaching above average now, certainly good to see snow banks and so on in the shelter belt, and, and for surface water reestablishment and uh, filling up dugouts and so on, it's going to be pretty important this spring, and, and I think we're going to see that. And then as you work further east and north of uh, Regina, uh, there's an abundance of snowfall. We, we uh, just attended a, an APAS board meeting and, you know, you get up in the northeast part of the country and probably snow that people haven't seen for, for a number of years. And uh, same, same for even uh, some of the eastern areas around Fillmore and, and in that part of the of the province. talked One of the people attending the meeting talked about, you know, a 12-foot snowbank in people's yards and things like that, which we haven't seen for a long, long time. So there's lots of snow out there and the spring melt is going to be important how fast it happens and, how much soaks in, but it looks looks hopeful in the eastern part of the province, but uh, the western part of the province is going to have some real issues. It's going to be a, a long dry spring if it continues like this.
2: Todd Lewis is the past president of APAS and second vice president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. Border blockades in Alberta and Manitoba ended this week after disrupting cross-border trade eight major farm groups including the canadian federation of agriculture called for an end to the blockades last weekend because of major disruptions in farm trade
1: time now for real agriculture with sean haney brought to you in part by karst holdings in assiniboia and schlamps integra tire in grenfell your locally owned integra tire dealers on the source 620
5: ckrm this is your real agriculture update the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Foundation, along with Real Agriculture, invite you to join us for a webinar on conservation easements on Thursday, March 3rd at 8 o'clock Central. Find out more and register for the webinar at realagriculture.com slash SSGF. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I'm joined right now with my colleague, Bern Tobin from Real Agriculture. Hey, Burn, how are you?
0: I'm good, Sean. I am uh, south of the border, down in Louisville.
5: Nice. I am super jealous that you went to Louisville this week uh, for the National Farm
0: Machinery Show. So, Bern, what was it like to be back at a show? It's uh, the first time I've been to what I call a real show in two years, which I guess the last time was two years ago here, and uh, it's been it's different. Um, a, a pretty good show here overall. I mean, people I don't think really knew what to expect, um, you know. But it's typically a show that gets two to three hundred thousand people. But, you know, it was a little late on the first day, but pretty solid today. And uh, looking at the exhibitors, they, you know, they typically have 800, and I think they were down to 780, down 20 exhibitors. So, you know, that's not too bad. Um, and the people I ran into and talked to at booths, you know, they're pretty happy with uh, the number of farmers they were seeing and the, the business that was getting talked.
5: How about some of the, the, the stuff on display? You, you've been down to National Farm Machinery Show a, a number of times in the past, how did it compare when it comes to some of the things that are being showcased?
2: Well, it's a
0: little, I'd call this a little lighter show, uh, Sean. I mean, a lot, a lot of the stuff was rolled out at Firm Progress in August, um, and uh, Kara Oosterhouse did a great job of covering that stuff. We're, we're typically a little lighter here, um, and it's not, you know, what we used to see five and ten years ago down here. You know, there's big be curtains dropping and dry ice blowing all over the place. Little different approach now, not the big combines or, you know, the big pieces of equipment, Uh, you know, more, you know, extensions of lines, a lot of tillage equipment, some seeding equipment. You know, people talking about precision agriculture, but not the big shows of past years.
5: What were some of the manufacturers that you spoke with? What were were they saying about the, the state of the industry right now?
0: Well, I had a chance to talk with Kurt Coffee from uh, Case IH. Now, and I've got an interview with Kurt that we'll, we'll play probably next week. And, you know, um, he is um, the vice president of North America. And we talked about, you know, the business. You know, you know, the Association of Equipment Manufacturers numbers have come out, and they're pretty good. I mean, like for the last 12 months, whether it's tractors and combines, the sales are good. And, you know, farmers are confident. They want to buy um, corn and soybean prices are what they are. Um, so from a sales perspective, it's pretty buoyant, but it's complicated because with that, you know, demand, as Kurt said, is exponential. And how do you manage that with supply chain challenges? So, I mean, like, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's committing to deliveries right now at, at a certain level, but what Kurt told me is hey, we are communicating every day with our clients, um, with our partners, with our dealers to make sure farmers get what they need. So, everybody's walking a fine line here. We've got challenges with production and we have big demand.
5: And not only is there supply chain issues trying to get stuff, but probably also trying to manage the cost escalation of a lot of the components and parts and all the things that go into a, a tractor or a combine or uh, the implement uh, of your choice. I, I imagine that it's got the people in procurement
0: pretty stressed out right now trying to manage all this. Yeah. And I know Kurt talked about it and I'll share some thoughts in, in uh, the interview, but you know, Again, um, they're all working together, trying to pull this off. Um, you know, I don't think anybody's got a clear view of when we get out of this from a production perspective. Um, but everybody's, you know, sort of keeping their parents close to the vest, not over-promising, and trying not to underdeliver.
5: Now, typically there, there's a lot of Eastern Canadian farmers that make their way down to Kentucky for this show and, and, uh, attend the tractor pull as well, which I have myself. It is always good to see those full pulls. Now, uh, did you see a lot of Canadians down there?
0: Yeah, I saw a number of people tap me on the shoulder and, uh, Kara actually will have an interview with Andy Pastor. Now, Andy is a well-known Ontario farmer, you know, and, uh, he's, you know, he talks a lot about these days about his soap line and, uh, He's got a you know a hashtag Andy Clean, and he came down here to promote it, and people are tapping him on the back, and uh, he's been all over social media talking about you know reinforcing about keeping your equipment clean, picking up followers all over the world, people yelling to them, hey, talking about the soap line and stuff like that. So,
5: This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at
2: Real Agriculture. It's your agri-weather forecast on the source, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM Farm Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352 1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly sunny today, wind northwest 50, gusting to 70, diminishing to 30, gusting to 50 this afternoon. The high today, minus 17. The low, minus 24, with the temperature rising to minus 11 by morning. Wind chill, minus 34 tonight. Saturday, mainly cloudy. 30% chance of flurries in the morning and 30% chance of rain showers in the afternoon. Local blowing snow in the morning. Wind south 40, gusting to 60, becoming west 30 in the afternoon. The high, Saturday, plus 2. Evening, periods of rain or snow and windy. The low, minus 22. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 18, the low minus 27. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 20, the low minus 28. Tuesday, sunny, the high minus 18, the low minus 25. Wednesday, sunny, the high minus 15, the low minus 21. Thursday, sunny, the high minus 13. Normal high is minus 6, the normal low is minus 18. The sun rose at 8.04 this morning. It sets at 6.20 tonight and around the province the hot spot is Valmarie at minus 12 the cold spot uranium city up north minus 28 estevan is minus 17 saskatoon minus 19 swift current minus 17 Weyburn and yorkton both minus 18 in regina with part the cloudy skies some blowing snow in the district it's minus 18 that's one below fahrenheit Winds are from the northwest at 53, gusting to 63. Humidity is 71%. The barometric pressure rising 102.7. Once again, Regina, partly cloudy. It's quite nice and sunny right now. Some blowing snow, though. It's minus 18. That's one below Fahrenheit This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. As the economy begins to crawl out from two years of a worldwide pandemic, the impacts are now becoming clearer. One of the biggest concerns facing many companies and businesses worldwide is a chronic shortage of labour. In Canada, many meatpacking plants were already seriously short of workers even before COVID arrived. As the smoke clears from the pandemic, it's evident to some this is now a crisis situation. Marie-France McKinnon with the Canadian Meat Council spoke recently to the Commons Agriculture Committee about the chronic shortage of workers in the meatpacking industry.
6: Three years ago, we worked really hard to get the agri-food immigration pilot demonstrated to government that uh, we would deserve this pilot. We had three ministers at the table. We had the union. We had department official. Everyone agreed. At that time, we had 1,700 empty butcher stations. 1,700. Last year at this time, I ran the numbers. We had 4,500. We ran the numbers again in October. We're now at 10,000 empty butcher stations. The number is alarming. I challenge any industry or sector to compare the work and effort that our members do for recruitment and retention, yet we're still faced with 10,000 empty butcher stations. Despite best efforts, we have a chronic labour shortage. All meat processors would love nothing more than to hire a Canadian. It'd be a lot easier and you can't imagine the financial and time burden that would be alleviated. Canadians just don't want to work in meat plants.
2: Right now, the industry cap on the number of temporary foreign workers is 10%. McKinnon says the industry has been pleading with the federal government for years to raise that cap.
6: There's been 11 reports over the past six years that's asked to fix this cap. 2015 Labour Task Force, Huma Committee, Conference Board of Canada, Value Chain Roundtable, Barton Report, Agri-Food Economic Table, to name only a few. Now more than ever, we need government to provide some relief to the agri-food sector by raising the cap to 30. It's great that Quebec received 20, but that's not even enough for our Quebec members who are well over 30%. And now this gives that province a competitive advantage over other provinces. Allowing us more flexibility with the cap is just good public policy. Canada has set an ambitious goal to grow its agri-food export to 75 billion by 2025. Meat processors are well-poised to help grow the exports, but the roadblock is this cap. We came to government with a solution. We've presented our solution, but we needed results yesterday.
2: That's Marie Flance McKinnon with the Canadian Meat Council. Supplies of glyphosate for spring weed control could be in short supply after Bayer reported production issues at one of its suppliers earlier this week. A letter from a high-ranking Bayer official did not identify the supplier, but the company declared a force majeure event. The letter indicated repairs could take as long as three months. However, a story in this week's Western producer quotes a Bayer Canada spokesperson as saying the company has taken steps to find alternate suppliers of the ingredient. Meantime, there have been plenty of calls between farmers and their input suppliers this week. Joel Murkowski is with Johnston's Grain in Welwyn near the Saskatchewan-Manitoba border. We're still trying to wrap our heads around
7: what happened with Bayer and how they got into the situation. And uh, when we talk to our suppliers uh, overseas, we're told that there is no shortage of technical in that market, nor is there a shortage of manufacturing capacity right now. So uh, the biggest constraint on this market right now seems to be, from our perspective, it's credit and logistics.
2: Murkowski says glyphosate supplies will be difficult to obtain early. Is that There will be a shortage
7: for spring this year is what it looks like. And uh, I think that probably some of the other suppliers, um, generic suppliers and some of the other suppliers uh, companies that manufacture glyphosate i think they'll be able to fill that void for for fall but we may be looking at a shortage for for spring and and summer depending on what happens uh, with bear moving forward and he goes on to say so pre-sea burn is going to be a challenge for some guys we understand uh, we have a lot more product coming on the water that will be arriving in april that we can get out for may and june but um at this point, we, we wouldn't want to make any guarantees to any uh, any farms that we could get product in their hands for, for pre-burn. And that's that's gonna be the, the, the hard part to deal with here for Western Canadian farms that got to, that had their orders canceled by their by their retails through this bare force measure.
2: Murkowski suggests talking to neighbours and trying to access some additional product that way. If there is a shortage of available glyphosate this spring, most growers will be reducing rates. Glyphosate is effective at controlling broadleaf and grassy weeds. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small-town lumberyard, big on service. Arcolabuildingsupplies.com Profitability can be increased through calving distribution, which is the percentage of calves born in each 21-day throughout the calving cycle. The following report features comments from a couple of cow-calf producers, Brendan Shachtel of Lloydminster and Jamie O'Shea from Denfield, Ontario. The main speaker is Dr. John Campbell, a professor in the Department of Large Animal Science at the Western College of Veterinary Medicine in Saskatoon.
8: Calving distribution has been studied for years and has been shown as one of the biggest economic benefits of of anything you can do in the cow-calf industry. It's basically shrinking your breeding window down. Usually it's 63 days for cows and 42 days for heifers. That's the most standard recommendation in the industry. The basic premise of the calculator is really looking at that short-term economic gain of having calves born earlier in the calving season. We
5: try to sell as consistent of a calf crop as possible direct to the feedlot, so we're to create uniformity and you can't have a spread in, in gap with your calving intervals. Even this year being a little drier we tightened it up a little bit we kind of went down to 50 days on the cow herd um, and a lot of times when we're preg checking now the fertility improved that anything that's a little later we can call right off the bat if we're in excess of numbers.
8: The nice thing about the calculator is it shows you something beyond just a pregnancy rate. You may have a 90% pregnancy rate, which seems, so. Oh, that's pretty good. That's not too bad. But if you don't have 60% of those cows calving in the first 21 days, you could be leaving a lot of cash behind. It could be 39 pounds for every 21 days earlier they're born. That could be well over 70 pounds, 80 pounds of weaning weight difference between those two calves. We know that heifers born in the first 21 days are more likely to stay in the herd longer, they're more likely to get pregnant. Uh, in fact, in a recent research paper would show that they give one more calf in their, in their reproductive lifetime than a, than a heifer that was born later in the calving season, which is a significant economic benefit. Ideally, we're condensing our calving to uh, 60
5: days or less. Uh, and that helps us just utilize our genetics better, make a better evaluation of the genetics in the resulting calf crop. Then from a management standpoint, uh, shortened calving season helps us uh, better time vaccinations to our, our herd. So using some of these tools, producers could uh, stand to benefit greatly, no matter what size your operation is, how many uh, animals you have or, or what sector you're in. We've always traditionally been kind of pen to paper, cowboy math, and now if there's a tool we can just plug our calving interval dates in there,
2: it's that it's much easier. The calving distribution calculator can be found on the Beef Cattle Research Council's website at www.beefresearch.ca. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market update is brought to you by Nelson G.M. in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving Southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years, see Nelson G.M. today. Grain prices were mixed. Viterra prices for canola fell 40 cents at 9.25.52. One Red Spring wheat went up 4.72 at 4.40.72. The rest were unchanged. Durham 55116, feed barley 37737, flax 97653, lentils 85980, oats 55153, yellow peas 63232, feed wheat 26165, Minneapolis March spring wheat rose 5 cents at 962 and a quarter cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes brought to you by the Wayburn Livestock Exchange. Call Wayburn 842-4574. Now the latest quotes. This is Grand Barnett with the Market Report. Hardline Livestock here in Moose Jaw, 1,328 on our Tuesday pre start these like cattle were jumping right up there. 260 at our Thursday regular sale. This cow and bull market is dollars higher too. These good cows, 84 to 96. We had some cows, big strong cows, crowding the buck here on Thursday. Good bulls, a dollar seven to 20 plus. Mark Vermule in the bull out of Ceylon country, 2,050 pounds at 125 and 50. Into our pre-sort here on Tuesday, 46 little red and black steers. 519 at 257 and 50 The 712 weight red and black steers at 207 and a quarter, And the latest Saskatchewan park prices, $212.81 per CKG. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource
1: Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley.
2: Now the resource report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Saskatoon-based Nutrien has announced net earnings of $1.2 billion in its fourth quarter. CEO Ken Seitz says the integrated business delivered record financial results. He says the outlook for global agriculture and crop input markets is very strong and the company is well positioned to deliver significant growth in earnings in 2022. For the full year, Nutrien is reporting net earnings of $7.1 billion before interest, taxes, and depreciation for last year. Cash flow by operating activities in the full year was $3.9 billion. Long-term debt was reduced by $2.1 billion. To date, the company has repurchased over 22 million shares under a program. Nutrien's 2022 guidance has adjusted net earnings of 10 to $11.2 billion. The company plans to allocate a minimum of $2 billion to share repurchases. Potash adjusted earnings surpassed $1 billion in the fourth quarter and increased 130% in the full year 2021 to $2.7 billion. Potash sales volume was a record 13.6 million tonnes in 2021. On the markets, the TSX is down 109 points to 21,067. The Dow has fallen 217 points to 34,095. Oil is down 44 cents to 89.60 per barrel. The Canadian dollar has dropped 26 one-hundredths of a cent at 78.43 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more.
0: Emergent herbicide.